Hello, my name is Taylor Clement, and I'm the head of school at Kirk Day School. And I'm Maria Massey, the assistant head of school at Kirk Day School. And today we're going to talk about a couple of things. Uh, the first is just why we do the podcast and, and what we're doing with it. And then the second is discussing as we get into November and then December around the holidays, reality and expectations both for kids and adults. So Maria, um, wasn't here last time, you guys had the wonderful and scholarly Jay Sklar uh, on, which I love Jay, I love what he does, and I'm so pleased that he was able to to join you guys, and I was glad you and Mary were able to do it, and so um, thanks for doing that. Yeah, it was was a really great um, time, and hopefully you guys have had a chance to listen to it, and if not, it's up. Um, where you find your podcast. So. Yeah, and don't forget, you can always find it in the iTunes store on Apple, but then it's also on Podbean, uh, which is a great format as well. Uh, going to the first part, I want to talk about why we do the podcast, and I think this is important, and, and I want to be extremely clear here. Uh, at times, people have, have loved the podcast, and for those of you that have, have said that, we really do appreciate it and appreciate you guys listening uh, because it it is a way for us to flesh out the mission of the school, Mm -hmm. right? Our goal is to nurture, educate, and equip these children to follow Jesus, be disciples of Christ, all um, while partnering with parents. And to do that, though, we do need to dig into things like theology with Jay. We need to dig into other things um, that are sometimes just stuff here at school, like we've done achievement testing. We've we've interviewed uh, members of our faculty and staff. Um, we've, We've done a myriad of things because it is just another way to experience what we're trying to accomplish. But I will say, at times, we get criticism on why are two people the ones coming out with this podcast? Why are we the ones, uh, also with young children, advising people that might have older children in junior high or older elementary that we haven't been? And and I think it's important to kind of look at that. Yeah, I think the... One of the most helpful things that I learned when I was at Covenant getting my um, counseling degree was just because we're not all going to have the same exact experiences. It's just not how life is, right? But we glean from each other by listening to each other's stories. And if there's one thing that I love about doing this podcast is that we get to kind of share the story of the school with you, with, with the listeners. And that's really important one, because, you know, most of our listeners are highly invested here, um, with sending their kids here. And it's important for me that they know a little bit about who we are, what we stand for. I think our personalities come out a little bit on this podcast. Yep. And in some ways, it's a, it's partly a get to know the people that we have on, which is why we have guests on as right. well, so that our listeners can hear um, the breadth of the stories that are in Kirk Day School. Uh, that's well said. And, you know, one of the most important things in getting to know people is being able to listen to their story and their experiences because there are common threads in all of our experiences and all of our stories. There are things that we have experienced, whether they be emotions, whether they be um, stories that are similar. That's what connects us as humans. 
um, is when we can experience kind of a felt thing together. Um, And that's what we hope to do in this podcast is share some of our experience. Never do I want to approach it in a, I know what's best. So do what I do what I say. You know, uh, one of the first things that we're taught as counselors is to not be advice givers. Right. And I definitely don't, uh, that's never the intention behind this. This is a joining with a, this is what we see because we encounter 300 plus kids every single day. Right. And it's funny you say that. I had a high school history teacher, Coach Shaw. Um, He was why I wanted to teach uh, high school history when I started. And he would always say, do as I say, not as I do. And I feel like at times that that is kind of how we have to be with this. But I want to call that out because I think sometimes it, it seems like there has to be this amazing confidence or, um, and I would say that's definitely false. It, it's really, again, trying to share um, what we've experienced because quite frankly, we've logged a lot of hours with kids. We've mm-hmm. logged a lot of hours with families. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, scripture clearly says that there's nothing new under the sun that the Lord has not seen. And, and the more we experience life, the more gray hair we get, the more um, experiences and wrinkles and everything else that, that come along with that. But I want to be clear that these are not just random thoughts that, that we no. put together. And we, we actually have a map throughout the year uh, that we are doing podcasts. So uh, we have people that we've asked to, to do podcasts, and they have to wait a while before we can schedule them and get them on. Jay was one of mm-hmm. them. He's a very busy man. Um, but kind of going into one, a friend of ours and uh, someone who's been on the podcast, Dr. Dan Doriani, he's just released a book on work. And it's, it's really wonderful in the way that he goes about work. But part of what he he brings out in his new book is an Abraham Kuyper philosophy on sphere sovereignty. And this is really interesting. Basically what he's saying, and this is Kuyper, is that we all have our own spheres that, that we work in and we become experts in. And there are certain rules that we have to work within and rules within that sphere. So each realm has an integrity. So knowledge of rules for that sphere, leaders are appointed for that sphere, and then we resolve to work within its boundaries. And so, you know, an example would be, you know, doctors, uh, they have to go to school for for their degree. Um, Then there's leaders of hospitals, there's leaders of medical groups and practices, and then you have to work within those boundaries, right? And so there's a medical sphere. And even that, then you can, you can, disseminate those into, you know, you have an obstetrician, you can have an oncologist, you can have um, a myriad of other medical professionals. Um, But in that, what I would say and and what what Dan would probably encourage us, I know he would encourage us to say is, this is our sphere, right? This is what God's called us to do is work with kids and work with families and not just that, but get better at it. And that's our goal, right? I think the podcast has gotten better. I think Mm -hmm. the school hopefully is getting better. And, and it's not to, to rest anything on laurels and what God has given us and the people that he's put in front of us. But long term, this is our sphere. And this is what, what we want to share and feel called to share with you guys. And so that's why it is so important. We want to, number one, get your feedback. And number two, let us know what you want us to, to also look and investigate because it helps us be better day-to-day practitioners. But most importantly is we, we do approach this with great humility. We do approach this as, as a project, as a way to grow the school. And the other, the other aspect is we've asked you parents to do a lot of surveys this year. We've asked um, to do some flash surveys. We've asked to do some more in-depth. Regardless, we are receiving that feedback. We're acting on that feedback. And probably the most pronounced thing of what do people love about Kirk Day School is teachers and community. 
teachers and community and this is just one more way that we build that community so do know that this is all intentional all an outflow of our mission to partner with you as parents and and of course our kids but let's get into today yeah it's realities and expectations yes realities and expectations it's funny it's like we turn the calendar to november and all of a sudden it's christmas i mean yeah not even thanksgiving no we totally skip thanksgiving which is so sad to me because that's one of in my mind the best the best holiday definitely for my husband the best holiday um but it's yeah turning to the holidays where reality and expectations hit really hard and i know for me and this is partly because i have divorced parents but we start planning the holidays in like august and yeah divorced parents and three kids that are all married it's like a nightmare to try and figure out schedules and reality and expectations are all in that so it's very true and i will say i was volunteering at ditto the other day yes this is a very very blatant plug for ditto so <laughs> our, our dates are come up again in the spring uh, but one of the things they had us do because we were there on november 1st for the ditto dads it was Christmas decorations. Gosh. I mean, and, and I get it. Like, you, you have to. You yeah. have to move into that. It takes a lot of energy and effort, and you don't want to do it for a couple of weeks. But, wow. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, of course, that brings up the topic of reality and expectations. Um, do you have anything that comes to mind, like, where you see the reality and expectations so clearly? Like, what a what a picture of, yes. of that is? Oh, yes. I have two very clear two. ones. Okay. Uh, the first is very much a Christmas story, right? Fit, perfectly fitting. Yes, um, and it has nothing to do with the BB gun, as a matter of fact. Uh, in, earlier in the movie, Ralphie is his brother, Randy, are obsessed with Little Orphan Annie on the radio, and they listen to it every night, and finally, after weeks of waiting, he cut out, like, you know, the... Eating yes, all it, the Ovaltine. All, yeah, drinking all the Ovaltine. He finally sent all his proof of purchases to to Ovaltine and he gets his little orphan Annie decoder ring he comes home and he just can't wait he he sets his decoder ring he gets it he runs up to the bathroom he locks the door and he's just going after it going after it and he just can't wait and I love Gene Shepard the the writing that he does in that movie is just brilliant he's the narrator yeah uh, which is another fun thing about it yeah yeah yeah. so the writer's the narrator which is part of what gives that that's such a, a a depth but he says, you know, the fate of the planet hangs in the balance. You know, he I thinks, love the drama. He, it is drama. The music builds. His little brother's banging on the door. Mom's now banging on yeah. the doors. Your brother's got to go to the bathroom. Yeah. It's the only bathroom in the house. And he is just decoding, not reading what he's decoding. And then finally he realizes the secret message that she has for her club is drink more Ovaltine. <laughs> and it's an advertising right, boy. He literally thinks... This is going to be something that I get to do. I'm a member of her club, mm-hmm. and, you know, he's nine years old. It's, it's very innocent, but his innocence is completely broken, yep. completely broken when he yep. does that. The other one that I think is, is quite, quite, you know, funny is, you know, the entire movie of Christmas Vacation oh, is about reality and expectations. That is so true. Right? Clark so Griswold is, never lives in reality. Um, he is only living in yes. expectations, yes. and that is something that is amazing to me. Yeah. Um, now, granted, there's some crassness and things like that, but I think the the John Hughes, uh, you know, brilliance that comes out of that movie is the fact that yeah, you know, we all want something better than what we have, yeah. 
but we have to stop and appreciate what's right in front of us. And so that's a that's a really good a good spot to, to yeah. do. So those I know those are, are both pictures. Christmas movies. Not to do exactly yeah. what what you were you were just disdaining, but. I think as we go into the holidays and we plan and we start looking at Black Friday sales and we start thinking about planning, because we have, I've already been talking to my family, what are the oh, holidays yeah. going to look like? And What do I want? Yeah. Right. You have to step into that because, you know, I think a lot of times we reflect back on Christmases as children or holidays when we did this, and it's, it's a f- very momentary millisecond mm-hmm. memory that we have that's fond and mm-hmm. it's a fond feeling. And it's really tough to figure out where is that again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we I think we struggle with it. Yeah. And so expectations are that, that we're going to live in that when reality was that was just for a nanosecond. Yeah. And we're seeking it. Well, and it's interesting because our culture definitely builds the expectation that Christmas is going to be magical. And, I mean, Hallmark, of course, makes a fortune off of the... Um, romantic side of Chris, of, of Christmas, which is hilarious. I love the, the Hallmark movies are great. And they I'm sure they've already started. I, I yeah. So I'm even like trying to make up a funny name because yeah. they're like so cheesy. Oh they're so you know. cheesy. But um, but there's no always, judgment. There's always love Santa watching. Buddies, the tale yes. of the Santa Paws. Yeah. That's yeah. actually a real movie by the way. Yeah. yeah. I know. I see it pop up on my Netflix. Um but even just that 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 we kind of breathe this air that this time of year needs to be really joyful, really fun, really family oriented, like this great mountaintop experience. And so oftentimes it's not, and it's not just the holiday season, like it's throughout life. Right. Um, I mean, I see all the time kids that come into my office with the expectation that someone is going to treat them differently than they do and their reality that sets in when they, when it doesn't happen. So I spoke on this topic, which is part of the reason why we have this podcast, uh, at Westminster recently. So I got to see a lot of our graduates, which yeah. was really fun. Cool. And in talking you know, to them, one of the things that I realized, at least for us, is, is West County St. Louisans, um, those that are affiliated with a Christian school, the, real- the difference between reality and expectations, whether it's the holidays or whether it's just in life, is going to be most prominently felt in relationships. Yeah. And we find ourselves often feeling worse when reality doesn't meet that expectations, and not, and we really don't know what to do when our expectations are exceeded by reality. Yes. And those happen more often than not. And so, there, there's some social awkwardness that can occur. Mm-hmm. There's some sadness that can occur. Mm-hmm. Uh, all those different things. And another movie clip, and I actually showed a part of this to Westminster, is, is one from Five Hundred Days of Summer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to recommend the movie, but I, I will absolutely recommend the scene. And there is a dual screen, and it shows a young man, and I think I've talked about this before on the podcast. It's one of my all-time favorite movie scenes. And he's going to a party. He's invited by a girl that he had dated. They were, um, he was in love with her. I don't know if she was in love with him, right? She toyed with his heart, and he goes and basically... His expectations that she bites him in, she kisses him on the cheek, she's just happy to see him. You know, she's kind of got a playful touch. She she introduces him to friends. People are glad to see him there. And then he just gets some really great one-on-one time with her. On the reality screen, he shows up. She kind of keeps him at an arm distance. She's polite. Uh, nobody's really glad to see him. He's kind of a stranger there. People ask him what, he's do, what he does. He makes some pet jokes. 
and he really finds himself alone for mm. most of the evening. Mm. And and it really unfolds the story. And what it shows is this guy, even though she was terrible to him, this guy is desperate yeah. to to connect with someone. Yeah. And even though he had been toyed with and played with and everything else, he now gets to he he wants to go back to be with her only because he's that lonely. Yeah. And it's a really dramatic scene. But it's, it's also a really great uh, scene. Yeah, it's really brilliant too. So if you have a chance, if you just type in um, "reality versus expectations" and then the number five hundred in YouTube, yeah, it will pop up, and it's really great. So yeah. I think I really start to see this sink in about fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. Oh, oh yeah. You yeah. know, with friendships and with this idea that my friend is going to love me or my friend is going to care for me. Um, and sometimes that happens, but because we live in a broken world, sometimes it doesn't. Right. And that's heartbreaking to a kid. And it's heartbreaking to us as adults when it happens. We've just learned to cover it up or cope with it differently. But when a kid tells you, man, somebody left me out at recess, or man, I really wanted to hang out with this friend and they said no, like, there's, it just hits you it hits you in a different way because it's like that sense of loneliness and that sense of belonging doesn't ever go away like that's well, present it's no an innate desire though it, of it, course it yeah. was there before the fall yep. right genesis 2 god clearly says it is not good for man, to, for be man alone. to be alone yeah and so he creates eve and of course you know adam was sinless before yeah. eve just yeah. saying Yes, yes, yeah, right? exactly. But the, and kidding aside there, I mean, it's true, but, but the, the jest aside, before the fall, before sin, God knew that we needed to be with one another. So, yeah. so having this, we, we have this innate desire to be with others. We also have an innate fear of being alone. So I think the really interesting feeling that can come out between the reality and expectation is that fear of rejection. You know, it's vulnerable to, to put your need out there and say, hey, I want to be friends with you yeah. and have the expectation that, oh, my gosh, you're going to be friends with me. And then the rejection that we feel when that reality is not met. Well, and it escalates the older you get. Oh, without yeah. a doubt. And I would say, let me let me back up. It escalates the older you get for sure. I would say it's most prominently felt in pre and mid adolescence. Yeah. yeah. Because you're desperate at that point once you're married it, it the feeling it's not like it gets better but it definitely helps because mm-hmm. you have you have a partner mm-hmm. um but when it comes to to these early ages you're finally figuring things out and so you know there, there's certain dynamics that, that are at play right yeah. um you know sometimes kids go over to another kid's house and they're like oh why do you guys do this you know or hey my house is bigger than yours or my house is cleaner than yours and they begin to pick up on those nuances. They also pick up on the quirks of other yeah. friends, and those begin to be, to really become exploited. And then you also have the parent dynamic. Some parents don't like other parents, and mm-hmm. they don't want their kids to play together. And the kids don't know that's not a polite yeah. thing to say, and yeah. they just say it. Yeah, yeah. And we yeah. see that a lot. We do, and it can it can definitely be something that's really important to talk about with your kid too. It's just yeah, how you go about understanding those differences so when we look at what do we do when these expectations like how do we manage when the expectation is missed when react when that you know that Mm -hmm. 500 days of summer scene happens in our life like what do we do with that what do we do with the pain that we experience with 
reality and expectations being different. Um, yeah. Well, I'd say the first thing is, you know, it's always it's always good to ask, what does Scripture say about it? Yeah. Right? And there's plenty of stories throughout Scripture in managing pain and mm-hmm. managing loneliness. You, you can think of the Old Testament specifically, you know, Elijah, um, you know, he's, he's by himself. You've got, you've got Joseph who's, mm-hmm. who's totally put away and thrown away by his brothers um, and even has a chance for revenge. Um, but, but he uses his brother's sin for the good of the Lord. Yeah. And the other, the other thing is, I mean, just when you think about Jesus and John Spencer, the, the Kirk Youth Director, pointed this out to me the other day. He said, you know, the most criticized, the most, um, you know, influential person in world history is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. He was killed. Mm-hmm. Right, and mm-hmm. he was totally alone. Mm-hmm. Not only we see yeah. alone, alone in forty days, you know, in the wilderness, right? But he's alone because he descended into hell, and then on the third day he rose again. And so, as we look at that, and we say, okay, how do we, how do we go about it? Number one, you look at scripture. I think the second thing is, quite frankly, you have to remind yourself of what scripture says. And as counselors would say, and tell me if I'm wrong here. I'm not a professional counselor, but I think I'm, you know, doing a yeah. podcast with one. Yeah. And that is self-talk. Yeah. And self-talk's a powerful thing. It is. And and it feels funny. It feels like, you know, you're like in an SNL skit where yeah. you're like, you know, gosh darn it, people like me. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, going to, to a movie again, the movie The Darkest Hour, which is a, a portrait of Churchill right before World War II, um, Churchill had a terrible blunder in World War I. Um, at the Battle of Gallipoli, he made a decision as their Secretary of Navy, and he almost lost the entire war for them. Mm. And that's a pretty, pretty harrowing experience. And they lost a ton of men in World War I, Britain did. And so they don't want to go to war with Germany. Germany's just dominating the, the, the war scene. And Churchill realizes, man, we have to stand up to it, but nobody else wants to. Yeah. And so, if you if you know anything about London and World War Two, it was a, you know they're being bombed regularly, and Churchill had to live in a bunker, and the king had to be you know scurried away and everything else. But Churchill's in his bunker, and one night the king comes to him, and Churchill's number one opponent is the king's best friend, mm-hmm. and the king and Churchill don't necessarily get along. They do in a professional way, but nothing else. And the king comes to his bunker, and he says, "Look, none of us really wanted you as prime minister." Yeah. But the person who really didn't want you as prime minister was Adolf Hitler. That's a good point. And he goes, and I've realized that you need to be my guy, and I support you. Mm. And Churchill's stunned, right? And this is played by Gary Oldman. It's a really amazing clip. But Churchill is absolutely stunned, and he looks at the king, and he says, Your, your Majesty, like, what did you just say? Yeah. And he says, I support you. And he said, you will have my mm. support at any hour. And what I think we have to remind ourselves is God supports us. He also fights for us, and he calls us to be princes and princesses to his throne, right? We are heirs to his throne. And we were dead in our transgressions, as Ephesians 2 says, but God redeems us through his son, Jesus. And Jesus, of course, is our king who says, not only would I support you, but I love you, and I've already done the work for you. Mm -hmm. You're free to do that. And I think there is power in that and reminding us of that and reminding our children of that yeah. when they have these things because the kids are going to be able to figure a lot of this out, but they need our guidance. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right? You know, it's, uh, I was thinking, I have two thoughts. Um, the first thought regarding 
God, Jesus, what he did for us on the cross, I mean, he lays out the reality for us very clearly. We are sinful. We need his redeeming love mm, and grace. Yes. That is a clear um, kind of expectation um, and reality, more of a reality that we live in. And Jesus comes in and helps meet that expectation perfectly um, and that reality perfectly, which is really a, a beautiful picture. Um, the second thought I had is about the self-talk thing. Um, because as a counselor, when I was listening to you, one of the questions that I ask a lot of times when I talk about self-talk um, is whose voice do you hear Ooh, in your head? That's a good question. When you, get, when, when you hear that self-talk. Um, humbly at most times that I have people answer that question it's their parents um, which makes wow. sense That's which makes sense because it's like they're the most influential shaping people yeah. in in our lives um, but it's also humbling and it gives me pause to think like okay how can I clearly communicate and lovingly communicate with my kids so yeah. that when they hear my voice, they don't hear shame or they don't hear um, you're not good enough. They hear love. They hear this is what I hope for you. This is the expectation that I have for you. And the reality is I'm going to love you no matter what. Yeah. Which is incredible because we're always going to fall short of our expectations. Yes, always. And everybody else is going to as well. Right. Like, I mean, there's never going to be perfection either way. Right. And the one person to do it and hit the expectation is Jesus, right? Yeah. And, and I, think, I think that's something our kids need to understand because, and, and not to get too societal here, but when it comes to social media, that's one of the things we struggle with the most, Oh, right? my gosh. Yes. Is because we're yes. so visual, we see it, yeah. and our kids are seeing yeah. it. They're seeing it at a younger age, and, and so the, this current... I would say they're, at least by some, they're, they're deemed as Generation Z, Gen Z. They're the most depressed generation. Lonely, yep. And lonely generation yep. that we've ever seen because they're so consumed with social yep. media. Yeah. And, you know, to quote Teddy Roosevelt, comparison is the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. And as we look at it, we go, okay, we're, we're, we're robbing ourselves mm-hmm. of joy consistently. Mm-hmm. And that does not do our hearts very good. It doesn't. Yeah. I have to um, not follow Joanna Gaines on Instagram. But she's lovely. She's amazing. I love it. Um, but I also know that the reality of what she, she seriously, I do. I love her. I'm nothing against her. It's just hard for me yeah. Yeah. because, you know, I see, yeah, a photo and I want it and I want my house to look like that. And the expectation generally falls short of that. Um and so, yeah, I just have to watch myself even on that kind of thing. Um, and it's good to teach our kids that because, again, we're teaching our kids to regulate and we're teaching our kids um, what, what can – we're teaching our kids how to manage the things that get thrown at us in life. You know, yeah. that's, that's what we do. And managing the reality and expectation is really hard to do. It's an extremely hard thing to do. Yeah. And I think, honestly, the, the more I've, I've seen these things take place, and, and, you know, we talked about conflict in October. Mm-hmm. And I think when we see reality and expectations clash, we're, we're going to have conflict, right? Yeah. The, the distance between the two is so often conflictual. 
um, when we mentioned sphere sovereignty at the beginning mm -hmm. of this, when two spheres clash, mm -hmm. we see conflict. And, and it's not easy to overlap. And one of the things is we look at our kids, and, and particularly at Kirk Day School, and, and I'm being very um, specific to us now, often when we see peer conflict emerge and we see parental conflict emerge, it's because there's obviously either a misunderstanding or that the expectation is different than what actually is. And I know some of this seems obvious, this isn't very deep, but I think it's worth at least sitting in for a minute to understand, hey, my kid home, came home and they said that the teacher did blank, mm -hmm. right? So I'm expecting the teacher to be defensive, I'm expecting the teacher mm -hmm. to deny it, I'm mm -hmm. expecting the teacher to say whatever. And what we hope is that there's some humility, there's yeah. some ownership, yeah. and that there's um, an ability of, of, of explanation. But we have, to, we have to give ourselves, I think, some leeway of saying there's going to be differences between what actually happened and what we're expecting mm -hmm. happened. Mm -hmm. And we have to teach our kids how to do that mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Because our kids are coming home and our kids' emotions are being dominated by this misunderstanding of reality. Yeah, yeah, that is definitely perpetuated by social media. And our own parenting. And our own parenting. Yeah. Yes. And I, and I want to be clear with that because we, if we're worried about our child, we're saying, oh, our child's so worried, our child's yeah. so worried, our child's yeah. so worried. You know, to, to quote our, our friend Leonard Sachs, you know, help them out. You're the parent. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're the, still the yeah. parent. You're the adult in the room. Yeah. Help them out. You're the one that can, can do that. You can help take that burden off. Just like, you know, when I mentioned in the darkest hour, the king going to, to them. That's, that's part of it. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, it's funny. One more story that make that I just thought of as we were sitting here talking about kids. A couple of weeks ago, we um, did family photos. Just this is the first time we've done this. Ooh, that's a, that's a chore. So I had the expectation that my children would look and act perfectly, right? Like, it would not be a big deal to sit down and take pictures. Um, well, first of all, going to... Uh, Queenie Park at 5.30 the week before Daylight Savings Time, everybody was there to take photos. It was unbelievable how many people were there to take photos. I was shocked. So that was definitely not an expectation I was having. Um, but then <laughs> Millie cried literally the entire time. She just could not, or she just mean mugged. Like almost every picture is just a mean mug. And it was so hard because I had this expectation of like, well, yeah, of course, she's just going to sit there like a great two-year-old and smile and look at the camera and have fun. And that was not the reality. So wow. we still had very cute pictures. You know, Tucker was great. Um, but Millie just had a really rough time. And then thinking about it, I'm like, why did I expect that? It was 5.30 at night. Like, of course she's not going to be fine at 5.30 hour. at night, yeah. you know? Isn't um, it funny? Yeah, but it's like I had this whole image made up in my mind of what this was going to be like and how it was It was going to be flawless and we were going to get these great photos of her smiling. And every photo is of her, like, <laughs> mean mugging. Yeah. So. Well, and I'll tell you, a lot of this goes in a theological realm because I, I, I have to ask the question, why do we do this? Yeah. Why are we why are we nose blind or why are we just blind to our own yeah. predilections? And you know, we're we're in the already but the not yet. We know that it is possible. We know we expect 
things to be a certain way because we know that it's possible, but we live in a fallen and broken yeah. world. We have to have somebody redeem it. We have to have somebody that, that jumps in between these two warring parties and actually redeem it. And that's what Jesus does. Yeah. And that's what we want to teach our kids. Yeah, kids are going to be mean to you. And, yeah, they're not treating you the way you want to be treated. And that is terrible, but we don't want that for you. Yeah. Um, the more we can teach them to lean on Jesus, act like Jesus, and be Jesus mm-hmm. to others, the more that we're going to have, I would say, even a satisfaction of knowing that reality and expectations don't meet. Yeah, definitely. So. Well, great video clips, movie clips. I appreciate Yeah, I, I wish I could, like, play them yeah. audioly, but... Um, audibly is what I meant to say. I wish I could play those audibly on this, but that's okay. I'd probably get like a, you know, a cease and desist letter as well. So um, all that said though, parents, uh, we'll keep coming at you with some more uh, topics uh, upcoming, but thank you for listening. Keep sending us your ideas and more than anything, thank you for um, being a part of Kirk High School in our community. We are very grateful.